Today's Family Sunday, and I'm going to tell you how great it is to be a kid, okay? And some of you say, well, that ship has sailed. Uh, I don't get that opportunity again, and that's true. Uh, but we can learn from kids today. I want to tell you, kids, that it's great to be at church. Great to be at church. I want to even say it this way. It's the best to be at church. It's the best. And you say, well, I like to do other things. I like to play baseball. I like to play drums. I like to hang out with my friends. I like to text. I like to... uh, um, play video games. I like to do that. I don't really like to go to church. I don't really like to... Churches isn't my thing. I want to tell you, it's the best. It's the best. It's more important than anything you do. And you say anything, and I say yes, anything. Okay? I'm arguing with you because that's what kids do sometimes. So I'm going to argue with you so I can communicate clearly with you. Okay? It's the best. It's the best. It is more important. It is more important than soccer. It's more important than uh, uh, you're going to like this one, kids. It's more important than homework. It's more important than going to school. It's more important than anything. In anything, God. When so, when Jesus died and he he left this earth, this was his idea. This was his idea right here that we would meet as his church, that we would learn and grow. Uh, You know, there's a lot of things um, I want to tell you. It's important, but I want to tell you one other thing. It's important now. It's important now. Um, Do you know what the word, kids, do you know what the word procrastination means? Let me describe it to you. If you don't know it, it's a great word. It's a good vocab word. It means I'm going to clean my room tomorrow. Not today. And you say, well, what do you mean by that? So when tomorrow comes, you say the same thing over and over again. You say, what do you mean? So you say, hey, mom, I'm going to clean my room tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and you say, hey, mom, I'm going to clean my room tomorrow. And so you never really have to do it. You just keep pushing it off because there's something more important than cleaning your room. I want to tell you. Don't do that with your your place here in the church. The time is now. The time is now. This is not something that you say, you know, I'll wait for soccer season to be over. I'll wait for baseball season to be over. I'll wait for school to be over. I'll wait for summer to be over. I'll wait for whatever to be over. Don't do those things. Don't come and be involved in church after. Now. Now is the time. Uh, the the reason for that is real simple, kids, is this. Have you ever uh, seen old people who have a scar? Maybe your parents have scars, and you, you look at their arm, and there's this big, you know, it's healed, but it's like still a mark, and you say, what's that? What happened? And and they, they got a great story, you know, a great story. Well, I was doing this dumb thing and I was doing this thing and I I gouged myself and I shouldn't have been doing it and I had this big cut here and it left a mark, it left a scar. And it's a reminder of dumb things that I've done. (laughs) Okay? I want to tell you that you want your youthful days, your young days, to save you from scars. Save you from the, these markers that you should have done something different. Okay? 
Last thing I want to tell you kids is this. Um, here at Bear Valley Church, um, we're always talking about the family thing. And what does your family look like? And you say, you don't want to see my family. We're a mess. That means you'll fit in right here at Bear Valley Church if you're a mess. Okay? Because we, we clean up good for the most part, but we've got plenty of messes that we're working on on the inside. Okay? And what, what's interesting about families is this. Um, you know, maybe you're the youngest in your family. How many of you are the youngest in your family? Oh, it's so, I'm with you. It is so hard. You're picked on your whole life. I'm the baby of my family too. I, I just mean what the older kids do to you, huh? It's true. They get, you know, but, but, you know, you might have an older brother or sister, older brother or sister, and they think they have it the hardest because they got to be the responsible one. And really that just means they're bossy, but, uh, um, <laughs> But there's older brother and sister, and you say, well, I have a mom and a dad, and, you know, I might live with my mom or live with my dad, and whatever that situation. I have some aunts and uncles. They live over here. i got some grandparents, maybe even some great-grandparents. And how old are they? How old are they? And you say, what do you mean, how old are they? How old are the members of your family? And you say, Pastor Kevin, you're not making any sense. I know. I know. Because they're all different ages, aren't they? They're all they're all different ages. They're kind of a few are here. There's some boys. There's some girls. There's you know it's all that's what the church is. You know we have an opportunity today, kids. This is what the opportunity is. First of all, it's the opportunity for I'm going to talk to you today, so you can be front and center. Uh, for us older people, you know what? Uh, they might get fidgety. They might get fidgety. They might be loud. They might disrupt you. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, if you wanted to have a quiet time, you shouldn't come to church. Okay. Because sometimes, because we have kids around. All right. So we learn, we learn. And, and as you think of, as you see these little fidgety ones, babies crying and so on and so forth, you think, praise God, they're here. They're going to be the next generation to take our places. And we want there to be a next generation. We do not want it to end with us. Uh, I, you, you, most of you know that um, I love the word generations in the scripture. Love it. We sang about it. That's what we're doing. We're passing this down. Um, and this is what's important. So kids, this is the deal. So you're here front and center. You're going to learn. You're going to grow. Uh, parents and adults, it's okay. It's okay. Pray for these little ones. Think about them. Help them. Uh, kids, Open up your Bibles and just work work that with your parents or whoever's sitting by you. You can try to work through that. We're only going to look at four passages today. Um, the, the other thing I want to tell you is that as we are together, uh, kids, there's something for you to learn. There's something for you to learn. It's how to sit in church, okay? And you go, oh, that doesn't sound very fun. Sometimes it's not, okay? Um, but I want to tell you, this is a place to be. This is a place to learn, a place to grow. And parents, guess what? Your kids, your kids won't be in children's church forever, okay? They're going to have to get to the place where this is home for them. This is the place, okay? So you need to think about that. Um, kids, I want to tell you, this is an opportunity for you to learn something else too. Be careful of the older people in church, okay? Some of you play like football players and you're like, if, if someone's in your way, you either dodge them 
or you put your shoulder down and you just run through them, okay? Don't do that with the older people of the church. You know why? Because God has placed them here. It's part of this family thing. You, you're, you're careful with your grandparents. You know why? Because there, there's something special that God's given you. So you've got to be careful with them. And the other thing is you're going to be old one day too, okay? And so you want to be careful to learn uh, what it is to have older people around you. Please turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 18. And I'm going to tell you why it's great to be a kid. Great to be a kid. And kid-like, if I can say it that way. Kid-like. Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. You may know this, uh, this little story here, kids. But it's a great one uh, for kids and for us to remember as adults as well. And, and Jesus had a different, he, he had a different idea about kids than most adults have about kids. I just want to tell you that. Um, and this is what he said. It says in Luke chapter 18, verse 15. If your parents can't find it, kids, it's 18's right after 17. And uh, 15's the little number, okay? The little number in the book of Luke. In the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Okay, those three guys. Luke chapter 18, verse 15. Starts out saying this. Now, they were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them to him saying, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. You know what Jesus was saying? Well, first of all, what were the, the, the adults saying? Get those kids out of here. Get those kids out of here. Can you imagine if we had church today and uh, some adult was going through and pointing to your kids and saying, get out of here. You know, this is important stuff. This is important stuff. We're, we're doing big people things. Kids, do you, have you ever gone to like Disneyland or Magic Mountain? Have you ever, raise your hand if you've gone there, you know. Um, there's this awful thing at both those places or anything like, you know what it is? It's the post. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about, kids? The post? There's this post with a little thing on there and you're super excited to go on rides and you're like, I'm going to go on rides and I've heard about this ride from these other kids. They told me this ride was so scary and fun and I'm going to go on this ride. And then you get up to the line and they have the post and you go up there and, you, and, and you're going, you're trying to stretch out. You're like, I'm fine. You know, some of you are, are Sticking your hair up straight up because you, you realize you're gonna it's gonna be tight you know there's gonna be a and and what it is is if you're too short to ride the ride oh I hate that and there's other things in life too that you're too short or you're too small or you're too young or you you're not in the right grade or you're and you're like oh that's that little kid thing right remember as babies we get persecuted. Not old enough, especially us little guys. Um, you're you're too whatever. And Jesus, he's got this situation where people are coming in and they want to hear from Jesus, and people are bringing babies and children, and so that Jesus could be with them. And they're get those kids out of here. They're too whatever. And Jesus says, "Nah, 
These kids, these kids, I want to show you what it's like. It's these kids that are the example to you of what it means to come to me. If you don't, if you don't do it like this, you, you don't have. And and he he says, "Come like these little children. Come like these little children. Um, little children just come, don't they? They come. They might be loud when they come. They might be fidgeting and doing whatever, but they come and they press in and they pressed in on Jesus and they, they, these infants and these small ones, they came and Jesus says, this is what it's like. If you think you're smart, if you think uh, you're important, you think you're old enough and wise enough and whatever to be with Jesus, he says, no, you've missed the whole point. Come like little children. I want to tell you kids, this is the deal. Us as parents and older people, we need to look to you as an example of what it means to come to Jesus. That you're helpful to us to have around. It's so good for you to be around because we remember how important it is to come and to think like you when we come to Jesus. Okay? So that's good. It's great to be a kid. Jesus used you as the example. He didn't use some 45-year-old bald guy. He didn't. Rabbi or something like that. He didn't, he didn't do that. He said... The, the little children be like these little ones. Second passage I want to look at, kids, is in First Peter chapter one. That's towards the the back of your Bible from the book of Luke. First Peter, chapter one, um, and starting at verse thirteen. That's what we're going to look at. I want to tell you, kids, that this is kind of the theme for today: is that you can be the example here at Bear Valley Church. The example of good stuff. You can be the example. You're the ones we need to have around to help us as adults be what God wants us to be as well. In First Peter chapter 1, uh, we're going to hear something good about what it is to be a child. Okay? And so let's look for it as we look to God's Word. In First Peter chapter 1, Uh, starting at verse 13, it says this, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as He who has called you to be holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Kids, how do you like the word obey? How many kids like the word obey? Do you remember adults as uh, as kids when your parents told you to just obey? How did you like that word? Oh, man. Hate it. Hate it. Uh, I just want, you, you know, and, and there's this conversation that Moses probably had with his Parents, you know, back in the Old Testament, uh, parents say to their children, they say, do this. And kids ask, why? And and parents, Moses' parents said this. Moses' parents said this. What, what, what do parents say? Because, whoa, because I said so. And you go, oh. Man, I hate that whole conversation. If you're a kid right now, that just grates on you right now, just to think about that. 
And I want to tell you what's so great about that whole conversation, kids, is this. That your parents had that conversation with your grandparents. And your grandparents had that conversation with your great-grandparents all the way back to Moses, okay? Uh, And it's happened even prior to that, I'm pretty sure. Uh, The only one who didn't have that conversation with his parents was Adam, okay? And there's reasons, you know? But uh, he had that same thing in his heart anyways. Anyways, but um, I want you to get this. To obey, oh, it's so hard. But it's also so easy, isn't it? It's easy to obey. And you say, what's easy about obeying? All you need to know is what you're supposed to do. All you need to know. And you say, well, why is it so hard for me to obey? Because you want to be in charge. You want to be in charge. And you say, oh, yeah, I kind of do like being in charge. I like doing my own thing. I want to tell you, kids, this is so cool. If you look at this passage, you're going to love this. We just read 1 Peter chapter 1. Do you think uh, this passage was written? Why did God have this passage in the Bible? Did he think, you think that he had it in there primarily for first graders? You say first graders? Second graders? Third graders? Why do you think he put this in here? And you're going, I don't know. You know what? He wasn't telling children to obey in this passage. He was telling people who walk with him to be like obedient children. You know what obedient children do? They do what they're told when they're told. They may not know why. They may know why. You know, it's the whole running in the street thing, right? Don't run in the street. Why? Some kids know why. Some kids don't know why, right? But it doesn't really matter. It just matters that you don't run in the street. That's what obedience is. And kids, look at this. As you're obedient children, if you look at this verse, God wants us to know this one thing. He says, adults, everyone, everyone, be like obedient children. Listen to your Father who is in heaven. He wants you to be not dirty, but clean. He wants you to live a clean life. And guess what? When you obey him, you're like obedient children to him. Kids, uh, we need some obedient children around Bear Valley Church. You know why? Not just so you'll look nice and you'll sit there and everyone can say, what a nice boy or a nice girl you are. But we need you around so that we can remember what it's like to obey. That we would look to you and we'd say, They're obeying their parents, and I need to obey my Heavenly Father. I still need that heart of obedience because He loves me so much. So, okay? So we need to obey like children. Once again, kids, you're the model. You're the ones we're looking to. We need you here. Third thing. Flip over maybe one page or on the other page in 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. In verse 2, 2 and 3. I want to read verses 2 and 3. I love the, the wrinkling of pages. You know, I love that that sound like that. I mean, it means you can't find your spot. And I have those problems too. You know, I, um, first service, they moved a whole passage of Scripture. It just was gone in my Bible as I was preaching. It was super embarrassing. I couldn't figure out what I was doing. I figured it out. I was in Matthew when I wanted to be in Luke. 
Yeah. God doesn't cover you in those things. He exposes you. It's good. Um, First Peter chapter two, verse two says this. Like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow in salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Um, so we have babies around here. I met a new baby in our church, the McDiffitt kid. He's just, just about this big. He looks like a little man, a real cute little guy. Uh, I told you about uh, Pam and Kevin's grandson, and he's not so little. Like he's got the big cheeks, and he thinks he can walk, but he can't. And, um, you know, you've seen other kids, kids who are different ages and stuff like that. I remember when Sammy was little. Um, been a while. Been a while. Yeah. Uh, full grown man now. And uh, I just, you know, people grow. Tell me why, uh, what it is about infants and eating. How, how often do infants eat? Little babies. How often do they eat, kids? You know? Uh, as much as they possibly can, okay? Uh, you know, when they're, they're first babies, they're supposed to eat like every two to two and a half hours. But it seems like it goes continuous, right, moms? And uh, maybe in a month or two, it gets down to four hours. And that's four hours every four hours a day, right? No, it's all the time. Like I was telling one of the, the young parents, uh, they were saying their kid wakes up in the night a couple times. And I said, just put a cheeseburger in the crib. You know, the reason they're waking up is they're hungry. If you just give them some food, some snacks and stuff, uh, they'll be all right at night. Uh, that's not really true. The kids, you know, the kid, but maybe, you know, bottles lined up there. I don't know. Uh, but this is the thing about kids. In fact, it's about the only thing that little infants do is eat. They do a couple other things, but we won't talk about that, okay? We'll try to keep that up. But, but kids don't do anything but eat. Why do they eat so much? Do you know? You say, well, it, they like to eat. Like, you know, it's like the buffet for them. They like they, all you can eat. They think uh, it's all you... no. Why are why do they want to eat so much? Does anyone know? They're growing. Yeah, they're growing. Wait a minute. They're growing. So food and growth are connected. You look at this passage, 1 Peter chapter 2. He says this. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it, you may grow into salvation. You may grow. This is the deal, kids. Get this. When you eat, when you eat, there's a sense of eating, growing. E- eating, for, for little ones especially, um, it, it's shocking when you, you, you haven't seen some kids for a while and, and they, they grow and you go, when did they grow? As parents, you have to do the thing on the door, you know, the door jam, right? Where you're marking people off because it's like you, you kids grow in the night. We, we don't know when it happens. And we, we're marking it. And we go, I remember when you were here, but now you're here and you're getting to be here. And this is what it is. You're growing. And, and God's saying to us, he's saying, look, look like the infants. You should be thirsty and longing and wanting to eat, not just every once in a while. 
You know what infants don't do? They don't have a big meal on Monday and they say, I'm good till Sunday. They don't do it. They don't do it. In fact, they can be starving. They, they're just ready to die. They're crying and they're, I'm never going to make, you know, I'm going to die if somebody doesn't give me some food here in the next few minutes and I'm just dying and they're screaming. They're calling out, Mom, you, you need to feed me. And, the, and they, they get full and they're like, that was, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. For just another two and a half hours and then they're dying again. I'm dying. I'm dying. I, you, I, no one's fed me in two and a half hours. What are you, are you trying to torture me? Why? Because food is needed for growth. Kids, guess what? That's true for us spiritually as well. He says we should long for pure spiritual milk. We should long to understand about Jesus, his good news of the gospel. We should long for it. You know, um, this is, it's not really that difficult. It's not that complicated of an idea. But you know how you can tell if you're eating what's good? It's if you're healthy. It, 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 it's simple. If a, if a child does not get their nourishment, they will not grow. They'll be mal, malnourished. They'll, they won't be healthy. And you can tell your food will make you healthier and make you grow or it won't. And I want to tell you, that's true for us spiritually as well. Some of you say, well, I've been in, involved in Bible studies uh, my whole life. You know, I've been involved in Bible studies for 30 years. I want to ask you, is your Bible study making you healthy? Making you healthy? Is it causing you to grow spiritually? And you say, well, yeah, I'm getting smarter. That's not, that's not the point. The point is not for you to get smart. God doesn't need your smarts. He doesn't. But He's calling you to eat the food that He provides that you might grow, that you might change. How, how will you change? It will be in kindness. It will be in kindness and compassion. It will, it will cause you to trust Him more. It will cause you to, to love Him more and love others more. This is what he wants to do. And he gives you the food that you might grow. Um, and, and I love the way that verse 3 connects. Uh, because he says, if you've tasted the kindness of the Lord. Has God been good? Yes, I've seen it. Well, if he's been good, eat more. Eat more. Grow more. You want it more. There's a, you realize that he's the one that you need to go to. Okay, kids. I was a little long on that one. Sorry. First Timothy chapter four. That's a little bit towards the uh, the middle of your Bible from where you are. Just a just a touch, not too much at all. First Timothy chapter four, verse twelve. And I I, I think this one is just uh, the best when it comes to thinking about being young. Thinking about being young. And you say, "Am I too young?" No, no, you're not too young. You're just right. You're just right. First Peter or first. Timothy, like I said, First uh, Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. This is what God's word says. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set, uh, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, and in faith, and in purity. 
Uh, kids, kids, have you ever heard someone say, uh, you, you, you need to find find examples for your life. You need to, to look to people who will be your example. What kind of examples should you have? What kind of examples should you have, kids? Go ahead. You can belt it out. Should you have bad examples? Bad examples are sometimes good. Did you know why? You can say, they did something bad. I don't want to do what they do. It's kind of the contrarian example. You'll figure it out later. Anyways, um, but we want good examples, right? And you say, well, how do I find good examples? Most of the time when someone says, find a good example, they're talking about someone older. Someone older that's walked the path before. You know, if you're in third grade, you look for someone in fifth grade who's who you want to be and you kind of follow them. You, you, you look for good examples. What's so amazing about this verse is this. He says, it's not about being young or old. That anyone could be a good example. In fact, he's calling on a young man to be the good example. And you say, well, how can I be the good example if I don't know? It's real simple. Do what God wants you to do. Do what God wants you to do. L- listen to this. These are the areas that he, he says. He says, um, believers, an example in speech. Kids, it's what you say. It's what you say. Um, you, you know what that means? Speech. It means the words that come out of your mouth. Should you say bad words? Should you say bad words? No. Should you uh, be mean to people with your words and unkind? No. Should you? But I want to tell you, that's not what it's saying. And you say, well, what is it saying? It's saying it's not just about not saying the negative words. He says, but be an example with your words. You know what the greatest words you can say? You, you, can, you can encourage people. You can be kind. You can be in, encouraging. When, you know, there's kids all the time that you'll meet that are discouraged and they feel lonely. And you can be the ones to speak well of them and encourage them with your words. He says, you can be the example in speech. He also says some other words here, some speech. When your conduct, that means the things that you do in love and love, being a loving person. And you can set the example for that in faith and trusting God. Kids, I want to tell you this. Doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't. You can be the example in your family of trusting God. You know, uh, it might happen in your household, kids, that your mom starts to flip out with worry. Flip out with worry. I'm not thinking of anybody in particular. Some of you right now are going, how dare him point me out in the service? Um, You know what, kids? Your mom might be worried about something. And you know what you can do? You can say, Mom, God loves us. He's going to take care of us. That's faith. That's trusting in Him. Hey, Mom. Hey, Mom. We can pray about that. We should pray about that. You You seem all stressed out. Because you're getting stressed out. I feel like I should get stressed out. But I don't think either one of us should get stressed out. We should trust God with this. That's an example. That's an example that you can be for your family, kids. It also says impurity. You know, there's a lot of dirty things in this world. There's a lot of dirty things in this world. And pretty much everybody, you're going to feel like everybody 
is doing it. Everybody's talking dirty. Everyone's watching dirty things. Everyone's got dirty things in their home. So I got to be like everybody. No, you don't. Kids, you can be the reminder in your home. You can be the reminder in this church that we are not impure people. God did not cause us to be dirty. He called us to be holy. And you can be the examples of that. Kids, it's the best to be young. Enjoy it. But it's not the best unless you're this example that God wants you to be. And we need you here. We need you here to be the example for us. Let's pray, and especially remembering these little ones. God, thank you so much for this morning. Uh, God, I'm thrilled at what you're doing in our midst. I realize that um, we all just have a spot on your train, that none of us is more important than anybody else. And uh, we're just trying to catch up to what you're doing and be a part of it. God, thank you. Um, God, I pray for these little ones, uh, our, our young people here, um, the smallest and the elementary school kids and the, those in middle school and high school, college students. Lord, we ask that you would protect them. We ask that you would cause them to have a, a desire uh, to grow and to love you that they would not just grow in maturity as a person, but they would grow to be ones who love and honor you, be the examples for Bear Valley Church. God, uh, I also uh, pray for us as adults, Lord, that we would uh, see the childlikeness and that it would be attractive to us, that we would love learning as you've called us to, to think about that simple faith that comes from uh, children, that we would have faith more like that, uh, that we had come to you on those bases, uh, not not on the basis of our own smarts or our, our own maturity. God, uh, we thank you for what you've done here at Bear Valley Church in bringing us young people. We realize too much has been given, much is required. And Lord, we ask that you would cause us to be faithful, uh, trusting in you. Thank you for this day. We praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.